Hello and welcome to the next episode of Racing Only Better's podcast for Royal Ascot. This is your day two preview show. Once again, we are going to be going through every single race of day two at the Royal Meeting. We will by now, of course, have kicked off with a bang and plenty of winners on day one. That said with confidence because we record this the morning of day one, so 24 hours in advance of the second day. And I'm very confident that we've got off to a good start, guys. Um, it is currently raining cats and dogs, and I'm not that far away from Royal Ascot, so that's pretty depressing. I'm joined, as always, by Kevin Blake and Dan Barber, but also TC, who can come straight in with the weather update. Absolutely lashing it down, TC. What does this mean? Um, we're recording this at 7.30 on Tuesday morning. They currently had 9.6 mil, according to the turf track weather tracker. Um, that hasn't changed for about five minutes. So don't know whether it stopped there, but um, it would have definitely got into the ground. So, yeah. Lordy Lord. Okay. Um, we'll let yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it'll be too bad. I don't think it'll be too bad. They're speaking to people yesterday. They're desperate for some rain. Okay. And desperate. And the track has actually not got it nearly as bad as the areas to the, like, to the east and west. Interesting. Um, so I, I, I'd say it'll hopefully... Just take this thing out of it and, you know, get it a bit closer to good ground. Um, ask it eats rain. Um, and the forecast going forward is is pretty good, the, the ones I'm reading. So um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be panic stations yet. But, um, yeah, no harm to get it, I'd say, there because they didn't get nearly as much as they were hoping for on Sunday. Um, right. So, yeah, I, I think that I think they'll take this and they'll be they'll be happy enough to, to have got it, to be honest. All right, then. Um, before we go any further, do not forget the Betfair offer. Every single day of the Royal Meeting, bet 10, get 10, have a £10 bet on horse racing multiples, get a free £10 bet on horse racing multiples. That offer applies to every single day of the Royal Meeting. So do get stuck in, but please do it responsibly. You know the drill by now. Let's rock and roll on. Uh, day two kicks off, of course, with the Queen Mary over the five furlongs, 2.30 on Wednesday. And Born to Rock is the 100-30 favourite for Jane Chapelheim. Lots of confidence behind her. Beautiful Diamond, the good winner for Carl Burke, is next best in the market. Bunchen in there at 8-1 for Wesley Ward. Got to Love a Grey, a Midnight Affair, follow her up about 8-1. to one. Both them with a bit more experience, Dan Barber. We know two-year-olds are not the name of your game, but go on, set us off with a winner. Yeah, I think the Cougar may be about to strike, though, because um, <laughs> I am surprised <laughs> in, in a market that <laughs> suggests it's a head-to-head that they haven't made the, the Burkhorst favourite. And so it's, not a, it's not a robust view by any means. Questions over the draw, questions what the ground will be like by this stage. But we arrived with the optimism of not having back to lose yet this week. And she was very good first time out. I just thought there was a bit more depth. You're comparing two fairly similar horses in the wide margin debut winners when they were expected and there was cash for them. But I'd have beautiful diamonds bare form, a few pounds ahead of Born to Rocks, and the market seems to be half airing the other way. There's loads in here, as the lads I'm sure will touch upon, but loads open to improvement. Really tricky races, these, as you'd expect, but... She was really good at Nottingham. All right. So a bit of confidence from Dan behind Beautiful Diamond then, who's currently second best in the market, TC. Uh, do you see it about the top two in the betting with that gap to the rest of them? Uh, not really. I mean, the, the top two in the market are uh, time figure horses. All the, all the speed boys have been talking about those two for a couple of weeks. 
Uh, and on the exchange at the moment, Beautiful Diamond is a point shorter than Board to oh. Rock. It was 11 to 2. So uh, that might give you the indication of where the market's going. Um, I, If anybody's betting on Royal Ascot, I think the golden time to try and get the best prices is between 11.30 and 12.30, as soon as the decks come out of the 48-hour stage. And, and at that point, the sportsbook went to stand out 14s about relief rally. Uh, that got taken, uh, and I think it's now into single figures. And, you know, it's obviously these 28 runner races, juvenile races, I'm like Dan, I very rarely bet in them, but I can see why the money's come for a relief rally. Um, ground versatiles, one of good and soft ground, um, was a really good speed figure at Salisbury last time, unbeaten. Um, we might have the kind of like weird scenario of... Uh, you know, the suede and veneer colours being uh, being put into the winner's enclosure at Royal Ascot and to the Cheltenham. So if you are looking for a bet in the race, even though the price has come down a little bit, that 14s was was very, very generous. Uh, relief Rally. Release. Relief Rally. Yeah. One of just only really a handful of runners for William Haggis this week, which may surprise a few people, but not flush with runners, hey, Kev? Uh, what did you like in Queen Mary? Yeah, I did a thing with William Haggis. Um last week and he said he was only hoping to have about eight runners which is you yeah. know a lot a lot less than you'd expect but for, you know for for a yard that is like notable for how consistent it is it has been a small bit wobbly in the spring a little bit like charlie appleby a little bit wobbly and um and maybe that that's you know translating into royal Alaska teams but um yeah look this race is what it is now you know it's it's it's, it's especially tough i'll give a good shout to born to rock because there is a podcast connection here would you believe um he was bred by um joey cullen and troy cullen and the two are, are avid listeners to, the, to this podcast would you believe um great judges that they are and i know they're getting <laughs> i met joey I, I met joey you you know joey very well you might know troy vanessa yeah um, yeah I met well, Joey, Joey last yeah. night now, and they're there. He, yeah, he's the, the marketing, the head marketing man in Goffs, and they're getting some kick out of this now. So hopefully for them that this video goes well. And all sentimentality aside, like that debut was very impressive. Um, tick plenty of boxes now, so she looks to have a right chance. But uh, she's not my selection. I wish the lads well. Um, but beautiful diamond. We mentioned there after her debut at Nottingham. There's probably some snidey line in there. How can you fancy one that went off 130 at Nottingham? But um, <laughs> she 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 was really good. And I'm not being snidey with Johnny there. I I, I find Johnny very entertaining. Um, um, but she was really impressive. And um, Twilight Suns just don't win first time out. And I, I know she was a I know she was a breeze up Philly. Um, and one that clearly was very impressive at the breeze up, but um, God, I thought she was impressive first time now. And um, you know, Carol has so much ammo, and yeah. the chat, the chat is that this one lays in very well with them all. So, um, okay. there's surely going to be improvement coming forward. So, beautiful diamond is the um, slightly uninventive, but ultimately, and don't think anyone will mind if she goes a win, she's not a super short price, so she'll do for me. Okay, let's roll on then to the Kensington Palace, the Phillies handicap over the mile. Here we go. Um, Crystal Caprice is your six to one favourite, well, joint favourite with Tamar, T Tamara. Ma. That's six Tamarama. to one as well. There we go. Um, <laughs> you want there at seven to one for the Joseph Yard and also Indian Wish in there at 15 to two. Uh, so, Joseph with a strong hand, Kev, we've got to start with you as a result. If you're not getting inventive in the first race, you're going to get inventive here. 
Yeah, I've spent uh, an inordinate amount of time thinking about this race in recent months. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, a strong team for Joseph. He's got three in it. Um, Indian Wish will be loving any rain that comes. Um, likes knees in the ground. Was very impressive at Gore, and I thought last time coming back in, tri- in a listed race, coming back in trip should be no harm. Um, look, has plenty of weight, but has earned it. Um, but uh, for me, it's it's more so about the other two in, in my own mind. Um, I'll, I'll talk about your one there first. Um, least exposed filly in the race. Um, one first time out for Pat Foley was bought privately thereafter. Um, like had to overcome a lot of traffic, made a winning handicap debut at Dundalk against uh, much more experienced rivals back in December. And um, to be honest, this race has been kind of thought about ever since then because she was in the right rating rating zone for it, etc. And um, her. Her comeback run at Nace now was really eye-catching, um, really eye-catching. Just never got any room whatsoever down the inside in a listed race. And despite like never getting a chance to open up at all, like she's probably run certainly up to her best. Um, so there's, I'd say, significant potential for her to improve and, and show that her mark is is lenient. Um, the concern, I suppose, is look lack of experience in a race like this. You know, she's only had three runs. But the, the one thing I'd say is that she's learned an awful lot in her last two because she was in heavy, heavy traffic both times. Um, so I'm hoping the inexperience won't hold her back. Um, James McDonald is in the plate. Um, I think the market has bought into hmm. James McDonald riding, perhaps being an indicator that that um she's first string, but there wouldn't be strings in this now for Joseph. I think there are three fillies with um with, with with proper chances and um you know as everyone knows joseph the, the there's no stable jockey as such there's a bunch of riders there um yeah. that uh, and they tend to hold on to the rides that they that they have had and um, that is the case with adelaide um, who mikey she he keeps the ride on and she's the one i like at the prices um Ooh, okay uh, like to be brutally honest and i know it probably sounds like a big statement i said as much to tc yesterday um like after her comeback run at the Curra in the emerald the emerald mile you know 100 grand handicap against the boys um she should have won she was she was unlucky on the day um like it was just narrowly beaten third i walked away after the parade ring that day saying oh, well there's the favorite for the kensington palace and um, <laughs> she, she was put in at like 20 to 1 um wow. when the when the betting opened which was and she's still a double figure price which um yeah I, right, I, the eight to one on the sports book just as we speak okay right now. yeah look the, the market has been correcting but um yeah worth watching that run now because she, she she should have won like she okay. was locked up she was locked up she needed a, a big big switch to get into open country and she's finished off really well um it yeah. was just her second run for joseph and we bought her at the july sale last year and again with, with her rating zone you know this race has been in mines all season um, and look, her prep run went well. You would have been delighted to win a hundred grand handicap, but um, when when she was beaten there and only went up a pound, well, she actually went up three three pounds, and they gave her two back in the mid season adjustment, which was appreciated. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think she's got a big chance. She's the selection, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if it, it's Royal Ascot. You can come there with three well handicapped fillies, and two of them might get no run, and you hope the one that gets a nice run goes well. So I wouldn't yeah. put you off any any of them if you fancy if you happen to favor one over the other. But Adelaide's is the one I like at the prices. Okay, Adelaide's then for Kevin. What about you, Dan Bob, with these fillies? Yeah, Joseph seems like he's got a very strong team. I don't need to go over those. Kevin knows far more than I do. Our discretion was a an imp- physically imposing filly who will continue to get better. Hasn't stood much racing, but that was a a promising return. I thought she might be well placed from six because. 
quite a lot of these sit, I don't know, handy enough, but an obvious forward goers, and she's the best drawn of the of the likely prominent racers. Although it was quite interesting, I thought it'd be a, a million was divine light that Philippa Defoy is chancing her off a long layoff in a race like this. Was with Godolphin and Charlie Appleby six and an Elgwin going back. She's been in France, trained in France by someone called Jay Rainier, who must be a French food critic. Jerome, yeah. <laughs> In sport, what's just as important as the goals, the glory, the roar of the crowd? Yes, it's the half-time break. Time for a breather, a reset to keep everything on track. In sports betting, Betfair's safer gambling tools help you do that too. Like timeouts, so you take that all-important half-time break. Or deposit limits, to help you keep count. Manage your play at safergambling.betfair.com. Simple ways to stay on top of your game with Betfair. 18 plus be gamblerware.org. That's you done. Right. Okay. And TC, this race is playing an extra place, four places from four, uh, sorry, five places from four in the Kensington Palace. Um, how are you getting stuck into this race? Have you got a place bet or a win only? Um, I've already played it, played it each way. Um, when I'm talking about waiting for the decks to come out and, and, and the prices and jumping on them, um, I did the race between 10 and 11 o'clock and was then waiting for the odds to come out. And I just couldn't believe that Adelaide's opened up at 25s in a place, 22s, 20s, 18s, 16s. So I got to work as best as I could, friends and family, etc. And <laughs> I, after that, I, I, I was still getting on and I text Kevin. I just said, yesterday morning, I said, I just cannot believe the prices I'm getting about Adelaide's. Um, he, he's made the case for Adelaide's. Probably yeah. may end up favourite. Uh, she was actually, she should have won at the Curra. She, she's actually quite a, a good filly for the Meads and she should have won at Chelmsford off a £2 lower mark than uh, two pound lower mark than this at Chelmsford uh, last year as well. So, um, yeah, I think she's got loads of upside. Um, the sportsmen actually were alive to it. I mean, they obviously bothered to take a look at the video because they they only opened up at 10 when it was, she was 25s elsewhere so right. well done to them now Adelaide's and I'll be tipping her if she's still um available at 10 to 1 plus when my column goes live later on brilliant okay strong vote then um let's roll on to the Duke of Cambridge again sticking with the Phillies and again Joseph O'Brien with a strong hand this time with Jumbly up at the top of the market who's currently 15 to 8 Ryan Moore book for the ride taking on Prosperous Voyage at 9-4, to four, Grand Dam at 8, uh, Rogue Millennium in there at 9-1, to one, and Honey Girl, another one for Joseph at 11s, who is one that's going to appreciate the ground, Kev. Um, but this is all about Jumbly. You made such a good case for her on our preview show, but make it again for those listening in. Yeah, look, um, no, I have to admit, I'm slightly surprised kind of at how short she's become. Um, because look, the, the likes of, and I was very happy for Laurel. Um, well, unfortunately for her connections, that she had a setback, but it took away one of the main dangers for sure. I was going to say it's um, not the deepest of races. Like what? Like no, like but why isn't Prosperous Voyage Fav? You know, rated one hundred and twelve. You know, I thought she was. I thought she was the right for Fav to be honest. But um, Jumbly, um, look, really nice run last time. First run for Joseph, cost an awful lot of money. Um, Roger and Harry Charlton did a great job with her last year. They, they, you know, they minded her. They didn't over race her. Um, she came to Ascot and won over the the round mile. Um, and look, I, I, I loved her her comeback run. Um, it was a, it was a meeting where pace was favoured. Um, like she can be quite strong, quite free. So Ryan dropped her in, 
um, and she came home really well. And he, he was thrilled with the run, um, and she should come on quite a bit from it. Like this has been the aim all season again. Um, so look, she looks to have a really solid chance. So just you know, in terms of trying to be as objective as I can, I do think she's a little bit short at the minute. Um, I hope the market's right. Um, but look, looks to have a great chance. I just would mention Honey Girl that you alluded to there. Um, she'd want every drop of rain now. But if there's if there's a little bit of an ease in it by the time we get here, and it might that might be asking a bit much now, given the forecast. But I wouldn't forget about her. Like she's rated higher than Jumbly. Um, and she's come really come forward since joining Joseph and, and was really impressive winning the Atazi. Um, you know, and in seven, like like to me, she looks a miler. Um, like she was really powerful in the final furlong there. And um, I know Dylan jumped off at the Curra last time and just said, look, just just a little bit quick for her. Um, and didn't quite feel the same as she did in the Atazi. So um, the rain would be important, probably as much rain as has fallen and maybe a little bit more. But if there was, if there did happen to be a slight ease, um, you know, she shouldn't be a double figure price. But um, look, okay. more than likely, looking at the forecasts, I'm going I'm to stick with Jumbly. But um, she she is a bit short now. TC, are you in agreement that there's the maybe not the wrong favourite, but are you surprised that Jumbly being so strong at the top of the market? Well, actually, at the time of the time of recording, there's very, very little between them on the exchange. Uh, so it's not a given that Jumbly's going to go a favourite. I think people are opposing prosperous voyages. Uh, people love course form when it comes to Royal Ascot and um, prosperous voyage did blow out um, at this meeting last year. So maybe that is a factor uh, in the comparative weakness because uh, after all, she is a non knowledge group one winner. Um, I'd like Grand Dam uh, last week, but uh, yeah. I've been told that she might not be cherry ripe here. Um Maybe they're looking uh, down the line, at the, uh, maybe the Falmouth Stakes, because that is a Group 1 and this is a Group 2, and obviously a Group 1 is going to be very valuable for her, and that Falmouth can really cut up. Um, so that slightly put me off, but I think she's a fair each way pair at eights. I think probably the bet in the race is Queen Animato at 14s. Um, <laughs> ground versatile, uh, course form, I think Miles her best trip. Um, was a good third from well off the pace behind Sacred last time. Yeah, I thought Queen Anamatu at uh, 14s each way was probably a very, very small each way bet because this race has got a bit more depth than the betting would have you believe. Uh, oh, okay. Queen Anamatu each way at 14s with a sports book. All right. And what about you, Dan Barr? What is your yeah. selection now? Yeah, Tony's mentioned the two. Grand Dan was also mentioned in the previous show as well. Um, mm. Clearly seems to be the owner's second string. And Jamie will be hopefully doing his usual tactics here on the straight track, staying out of the way and then delivering late. Because I do think that's the way you want to ride this place. And that's never a bad thing for an each way bet, is it? You try and get the each way part sorted. And then if it's a full pace collapse. But then as Tony said, the other one I put forward as a potential each way bet in a, in a very lopsided market, they, I don't think the balance of Prosperous Voyage's bare form is maybe worth what it appears. She's beaten an off-colouring spiral and then, what, she beat the likes of Astral Bow in a scrambling finish. Yeah, she came from an awkward position. But, um, yeah, I didn't think those two were maybe as far clear as the market would have you believe and they'd be my two darts against them each way as well. Okay, all right. Deeper than 
originally perceived then. Let's roll on to the Prince of Wales' stakes, the feature race on day two over the 10 furlongs. And this could be an absolute crack. We've got six runners, but it's all about really the top four in the betting, which are Luxembourg and Ade are currently vying for favouritism, 15 to 8, 2 to 1 for both of them. My Prospero in there at 7 to 2 and Bay Bridge slightly bigger at 4 to 1. After that is Mostar Death at 25s and Classic Causeway over from America at 100 to 1. But the focus on the top four, um, I have no idea who will end up going off favourite in this TC. And obviously, rain conditions will come into play dramatically with their chances here. But who do you think wins the Prince of Wales? Is that's what we want to know. Uh, just coming back to the rain, I mean, it's still nine point six mil at Ascot, so the, the rain seems to have stopped, and uh, that will soak it up unless they really stuck on a lot of water. So maybe, mm. maybe it's just going to be good ground, which will be fine for everybody uh, on the Tuesday anyway. Um, I looked at this race, didn't have any opinion at the prices at the top four of the market. But what wow. I did have an opinion about is the fifth horse, Mostadaf, who mm. who is just basically the wrong price at twenty five to one. Um, I, I don't know what the time for rating say, Dan, but a, a mere glance at the official ratings tells you that there's only two pound between the five horses in the market, and they're all around between five to two and four to one on the on the exchange. And this one's twenty five to one. Now he hasn't done Mostadaf hasn't done it in Group One company, but he's put up some near group one figures in group three races notably his he gave dubai honor three pounds and a near free length beating in the september stakes last year obviously he's gone over to Riyadh and, and gagged up in a in an extended mile two race now again that wouldn't be a grade one a group one level but he beat a 114 rated horse there of dubai future uh by seven lengths um and he's probably a bit flat when running a um uh, a month later in the Shima Krahaki over mile four. Uh, I think he's got loads of boot. He's got some course form. I think mile two is more his trip than a mile four. Um, he finished second in the Hardwick last year. Uh, I just think he's a really talented tool on his day. And 25 to one, given two or three pieces of form, is completely dismissive. He, like I said, he's yet to do it in group one company, but his figures okay. when he's won are not, well, are on a par with with most of these. 25 to 1 Mostadaf is the wrong price. Wrong price alert. All right. Uh, Dan, which mm. way did you end up for? Where did your pin land in this race? Because it's very confusing for me and it's made even more confusing now by TC putting out one of the two outsiders, essentially. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was very stuck at the five-day stage between two of them. I preferred Bay Bridge. But then there was an element of doubt about his participation. Hopefully the wet stuff you're getting means that that's no longer any sort of question. I think he's the value in the race. Twice the price of Luxembourg, who, yes, you can get out in good time to get past one, but it still doesn't account for the fact that he ended up getting bottled up on the inside. Luxembourg got a completely free and easy run round. I hope Adair... And classic Causeway, the American raid. I mean, he's got no chance on the book, but he might be a nuisance factor to Luxembourg. I just loved how Baybridge went through that race. I thought it looked like he'd come back better than ever. And I'm sure Kingscote was fearing that he'd be getting jocked off this one as well for Frankie, and it hasn't happened. So please take advantage, Richard. <laughs> uh, Kev, do you, what, how do you think that form from Ireland is going to stack up? Are you with Dan? That could be a reversal, or are you Team Luxembourg from the front? Oh, this uh, now here's a bit of insight, and you, you think, what, what could you possibly, what insight could you possibly get from the London sale? But I have a little bit of insight on this race, um, <laughs> because I, I, I was introduced to Kenny McPeak, who, who um, 
Um, hell of a nice fella, actually. But we're we're talking about classic causeway, and by the sounds of it, they they want to lead at all costs. Basically, they think the horse doesn't try unless he's in front. Um, so Julie, Julian Leperu, um, will be under one instruction, I'd say, and. Um, you know, those American jockeys are very sharp out of the gate, etc. Um, he has made all he won, he won his grade one, he made all um under Julian Leperu and uh, gate speed is obviously a much bigger thing um over there than it is here. So I'd be surprised if he doesn't get to the lead. Um so at least that um I don't know how helpful that is, but I think it will help people picture the run of the race in their head a bit better, i.e. Luxembourg probably not leading and yeah, being diff- happy to follow. To how we've envisaged it. Yeah, so I think that's interesting. And I, I suspect every every jock in the race is probably going to know that going out. So it might just change the sh- the, the shape and the run of it um, a little bit. Uh, like, I really like Bay Bridge. I've always really liked them. Um, the bit of rain that's come will do no harm. Um, but look, my Prospero is the one I've been... I've been keen enough on that. I probably best stick with him. Um, ran great in the lock in. He was up as we've talked endlessly. Um, he was up in the teeth of when that race got really hot in the in the middle third. And probably paid for it late on. He's unexposed over um this trip. He was only half a length behind Bay Bridge on, you know, quite soft ground on British Champions Day. And on this sounder surface, I'm hoping he might be able to reverse that form. But super ace, very little between the the, the big ones. And it might just come down to which one gets the, the kindest spin on the day. Three opinions, three different horses. Fascinating race. I can't wait for it, but we've probably provided zero clarity for listeners and viewers out there. Not much love for Eddie Air. Um, no. And the, bit, the, bit, the, bit, the bit of rain will be no harm for him, for sure. No. Um, let's move on to the five o'clock on the Wednesday, which is the Royal Hunt Cup over the straight mile, of course. And my God, TC, you can start with this. Perotto is the 13 to 8 favourite currently. Astro Kings in there at 8 to 1. Galley in there at 10s. Intelligent in there at 10s as well. Reach for the Moon 10s. I mean, wide open, but Perotto drawn 30 of 30 for the Varian Yard has found his way to the top of the market. Yes, I don't think he's thirteen to eight though. That, I know he's right, short, he should sorry. be. He should sorry, be. Yeah. Yeah. I, know, I know he's shortened in price, but I don't think yeah. they've gone that bad quite yet. Sorry. And, they, have, uh, they haven't gone that bad, everyone. Uh, thirteen like, to two. Uh, obviously, I like Perotto, but I'll let Dan take him because I know he's uh, he's probably going to be his nap. Um, <laughs> but he was sixteen point five when me and Dan were talking him up at the uh, the Royal Ascot preview uh, last Monday. Um, yeah. Plenty of others have put him up since as well, haven't they? We, we, we thought well, we might have found a dark one. To our podcast, aren't they? Um, <laughs> so I'll let Dan deal with that. Uh, the one, the other one, I'm looking at at the moment, uh, and I'm glad the rain stopped. Uh, is intelligent uh, now? It's it's like it's tens of the sportsbook who are playing six places here, but there is some four teams knocking around in the marketplace, which I'm trying to get hold of at the moment. The case for this one is, is very very solid. He's actually a pound lower than when just touched off by uh, the favourite dark shift in this race last year. Um, I love Jane Chapahai and had an excellent meeting last year. I think she might have had one or two winners. Did she have Saffron Beach winning here last year as well? Yeah, yeah, she did. Um, yeah, very, very good, uh, very good trainer. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the two runs this season, I think, uh, ran a really good race uh, at 28 to 1, went fourth in the Earl of Sefton. And then I think Holly Doyle deliberately found every bit of trouble going at Newbury last time. Uh, and it was just a massive eye-catching tee-up job for this race again. Um, I think you want to be drawn high here. I load the pace maps. There is some, there's no not much down the middle and there's a little bit on the far side, but all the pace map here is really congregating towards the stand rail. 
so that could be a blessing in disguise in one respect, i.e. they're all going to bunch up and you might get some hard luck stories in running. But uh, I really like Intelligent. I had a tee-up job for this. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't want too much rain for him. But, uh, I, like I said, the, uh, I think it's going to be good at worst. I think it's probably going to be on the quick side again. By okay. when the forecast is right. Yeah, so Intelligent for me. and But the long-term play on Perotto stands. And I'd be very confident of a good run. And less rain, the better for him. All right, Dan, take it away with Perotto. Yeah, I mean, as Tony says, you got intelligent last year. Astro King, who's been hit the frame in this the last two years and made a good start for a new yard. But I think this is a potential handicapping standout. He's well handicapped on the best of his form for Marcus Tregonin. The peak effort in terms of prestige was winning the Britannia over course and distance two years ago now when he was a real coming force. And that was a, a perfectly serviceable return, an eye-catching return over seven furlongs, back up to a mile, yeah, I can't get away from it. It's like having one of those dreams where you try to get somewhere and you can't, whatever you try, you can't actually reach the destination you want to. I can't get off this Perotto train. You boring dreams, don't you? I do. Yeah. Quite a bit than that. Actually, my worst one used to be where I was in an exam and I'd look down I'd just be wearing my underpants or I'd be in a nightclub queue and I'd just be wearing my underpants. Thankfully, I haven't had Real that for anxiety a while. dreams for Dan. Yeah, I know. I think it was panic at those stages that you weren't going to get into the club or the pub that weekend and you'd just be getting left behind by your mates. <laughs> so you're, you just can't get off the Brotto train, basically. I can't. I'm stuck on it. Right. So that's oh. that. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kev, which train are you on here in the Royal Hunt Cup? Uh, not, nothing too bullish now, and uh, nothing too bullish at all. But Astro King, I've been there there with him in the past. I've suffered, uh, especially two years ago when he, he came there, and it was a case of how far and some yoke called Real World, who, who like never run on turf, absolutely bolted up on the opposite side of the track and turned out to be pretty much a group one horse. But um, the Kublers bought him very cheaply, um, like 36 grand out of Sir Michael Stout. So um, this will be some coup for them now if they have to get to ask it with a, with a horse that costs that, a second-hand horse that costs that. Um, and to be fancied in the Hunt Cup is, is a victory in itself now. But um, like, look, he's hand, he's well handicapped compared to previous years, shaped really well on the return. Like I thought it was painfully obvious and that he'd be he'd be fav, but he isn't. Um, so I, I, I probably lean with him for all that I'd probably like to be a few stalls higher than um, than 12 that he's in. But um, okay. yeah, Kings Kingscott might have some options from there. And yeah, he'd be my my tentative uh Tentative selection. From just, the just very quickly. Um, do you have a? To, sorry, just very quickly before we go on to the Queen's Vase. Yeah. I had a bet last night, and I think it's probably the best bet I'm going to have at Royal Ascot. Now, do you know if Jim McGrath is on uh, Sky Sports Racing this afternoon? Negative. He's on. He's on this. He's on this morning. Oh. I don't wow. think he's on this afternoon. I've yeah. had a hundred because there's two staying events, and he always says this. I've had a, a even hundred quid that he says. He stays longer than the mother-in-law. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna have to record all the morning yeah. programs. I, 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 I will. Like, I will watch it. Because I, it will have it on the background. Well, unless Josh Happy Off is on, then I'll have it on mute. But I'll, I'll record it. And I'll <laughs> but, but no, he always says that. So come on, Squinty Eyes, do me. I want a hundred quid before racing starts. All right, I'm upsetting that's, everyone. That's a great start, isn't it? I don't know why that's been dropped in mid-show. Bombshell. Back. No, I just thought about. Um, it. I was going to ask you. At the top, I was going to ask you in the preamble before. Um, um, my kids are walking to school this, right? Let's move on to the Queen's Vase. 
Amal Six, of course, the group two, and Gregory and new colors sold from Normandy stud to some other people. The well-bred Gregory is your seventh four favorite. Two from two for Jonathan Gosden. Circle of Fire in there next best at six to one. Chess piece for Simon and Ed Chris, but I think they're very much looking forward to running him seven to one in here. Um, Peking Opera in there at 15 to two for the Aiden O'Brien team. Uh, Gregory, strong at the top of the market, Dan. And I know he's got an attractive profile. I know he's going to appreciate the step up and trip, but surely this is a little bit deeper than him so far. Clear, I thought. Well, I, I suppose in theory it should be going from a listed race to a group two. But yeah. I sort of feel like a lot of these are almost already exposed as being a cut below, whereas he very much could be in okay. that group one category, couldn't he? He's that smashing family, you know, the likes of Duncan, all basically just person people's names. Just waiting for a Daniel to yes. appear, and I can have a few quid on that. Um, but he's looked very exciting. His pedigree all over screams staying trips, and I was happy to yeah. put a line through a lot of these. I mean, he's he's a favourite. I've not got massive interest in backing at the price, but equally, he's not a favourite. I'm that keen to get. I think he's got a lot going for him. All right, what's your view on this race, TC? Uh, Gregory's very obvious, but seven to four was very short. Uh, I thought Circle of Fire was screaming out as a kind of like prep job for this uh, when ridden from well off the post in the Lingfield Derby trial. I don't think Ryan was too bothered about winning that day for some reason. Um, so I thought that was interesting each way. Um, so I'll probably back him, but the one I one I bat, I know maybe Kevin will back me up. Um, I backed some some Vincent's Garden each way at sixteen just uh, last night. It's tens of the sports book, but again, I think. I think they're right to duck him. Um, he was last of six to Peking Opera at Navan, uh, but um, I actually thought he he ran really well there. I mean, he was coming back for more at the line and he wasn't beaten that far. Uh, and he showed a lot of grit uh, to go with him more prominently at Fairy House last time over a mile four. Buick on board, back up to a mile six, decent ground. Yeah, I, I quite like his profile, actually. I think he's drawing out for a strongly run mile six uh, and he'll get it here with the likes of Adriana's going from the front. Yeah. Um, not normally a kind of race I like to play in, but yeah, come on, come on, Joseph. Go on, That's Kev, you can shed some more light on St Vincent's Garden and Joseph's other one in here as well. Yeah, no, I'd be, I'd be with TC in terms of like this horse is just crying out for a test of stamina. Um, like he was sharper the last day and I'd listed the race like he just didn't travel he got outpaced but he finished off very well despite finishing last Um, and last time he, he managed to get to the front and battled really well like uh, never mind the mile six like I'd say he'll, he'll want two miles Um, and I'd say there's more to come Buick's got the ride Um, so I, I wouldn't put anyone off Um, I'd narrowly uh, prefer Etna Rosso um, Joseph's other one similar price and um, just the two runs um, one first time out of Limerick and then was just beaten in a listed race by Peking Opera. And I just liked the way he shaped. Um, he got to the front there probably earlier than ideal, got a bit idle and um, and just got uh, nipped basically close home. I'd say he'd be ridden a small bit differently here, um, delivered a bit later. I'd say the, the extra emphasis on stamina would be no harm at all. And um, yeah, just just looks the type to keep improving. Hopefully, so um, I wouldn't put anyone anyone off the other fellow, but uh, Ethan Rasta will do for me. All right then, um, let's move on. Dan, did you give your view in that race? Uh, yes, it was that Gregory was. Oh yeah. 70, I put up a seven to four favorite. Yeah. You were looking so a little bit. 
Yeah, you're looking a little bit blank now. Uh, let's move on. Uh, back down to the two-year-olds, back down to the speedy two-year-olds to finish the day on the Wednesday. It's the Windsor Castle. So let's go to our two-year-old expert, Dan Barber. Let's just perk you back. Uh, Barnwell Boy is the 11 to 4 favourite. Obviously, the impressive Goodwood winner for Charlie Johnson. Asheen Murphy back in the saddle. Um, but basically, like, this is a nightmare race, Dan. Come on, now. Yeah, impossible. Yeah. This was the Big Bears race last year, wasn't it? Um, mm. Where he first announced himself, really gritty winner. Yeah. Um, I thought a horse who might be just a, just a, like, as a general rule of thumb, a horse I thought might be under bet would be Fustalandia because he hasn't won yet, but he's shown a lot of ability in two starts. And I don't know if people have noticed at Beverly lately that the old golden highway of sticking to the far rail tends nowadays to end in getting exhausted late on and something coming and chinning you. And that happened in that conditions race at that track, their big day, a couple of weeks or so ago now. Fustalandia worked to see off one rival and then Fai's horse Bombay Bazaar came down the middle and got him. 21 might be a good draw. It's very tentative. Cougar's not striking, but Fustalandi will be top of his very, very short shortlist. All right. Well, he's currently 14 to 1 for the Ammo Racing team. Uh, TC, did you have a strong view in this race, or is it just too tricky? Uh, no, not strong. I might have a few quid on um, Alabama. Um, I think mm. I think Aiden was, I think he was, this was one of the two roles he was talking up in the stable tours back in March, and Clearly disappointed them um, in uh, been beaten in two starts since both at both at favouritism. But the interest the, the interesting angle with this one is the first time blinkers. Now um, clearly they think they had something decent on their hands. Clearly it hasn't really developed. But headgear might be the key. He's a half brother to Sioux Nation that won the Norfolk Stakes, and also they put blinkers on that horse, and he finished. He ran probably his best race when just uh, beaten in a freeway photo for the Flying Five in Group 1 company. So, yeah, I mean, I, I and I like the fact that it's second string, so you're going to get a you're going to get a bigger price if Ryan was riding it. Wayne Norden, if he's good enough, you know, the jockey will be good enough, won't he? So, yeah, I thought Alabama, likely to be 20 to 1 plus on the exchange. I'll probably have a very minimal bet on that. I probably won't be tipping it, but I'll probably have a few, but, you know, might have a score on it just to, for an interest in the last race of the day. All right, currently 16 to 1 as we speak right now. And Kev, send them home with a winner, please. Yeah, Barrow Boy. Um, I was putting him up for the Coventry before he got rerouted to this. Um, so I better stick with him here. Um, they've looked for Camera Waters. They've probably found them. Um, fiercely impressive at Goodwood. And uh, time was really strong, albeit aided by a tailwind. Um, and yeah, I don't think coming back in trip will be an issue. Um, yeah, and just really liked him now. Look, looked, looked a real pro to me. And um, thought he might take a bit of beating. I was also going to give a little mention to Alabama, but um, Tony's got in there. And um, first time blinkers might help bring out um, that ability that he was clearly showing early in the season. Because uh, as mentioned back in March, he was the one and um, the one two year old that Aiden was talking about really strongly. So, uh, if I remember me. rightly, so, Aiden was talking about Little Big Bear in March, wasn't he? Yeah, this was yeah. this was this year's equivalent was Alabama yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so blinkers, we'll see. But uh, Baron will right. buy the selection. Okay, it is time for your naps, guys. And I'm going to, given the fact that you've given some relatively strong views, I'm going to try guess them this time around. Dan Barber, Perotto. I, I do feel I'm pot committed now, but the closer he gets to the same price as Bay Bridge, which might not be far off happening, I'm, I think I should go with the latter. But no, I'll, be, I'll stick with Perotto. I'm okay. too 
You don't have to just agree with me. I'm just guessing. So no, do I'm what, scared, do what I'm you scared like. of you. I'll agree. <laughs> Kevin Blake, Adelaide. Yeah, I think think I have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you if you give me a price for Joseph to win that race, I take that. But um, Adelaide will do for me. I don't know if Barry will do that for you. I'm afraid. You can have four sure to seven. How the naps okay. table works. Um, <laughs> and TC, as standard, you are a confusion to me. So I do not know. I'm afraid. I can't guess. Well, I should have given you a clue, shouldn't I? Um. I like I said, I, the biggest bet by far I've had on Wednesday so far is Adelaide's. Um, Adelaide's. Right. Okay. Lovely. All right. Come on. I thought I just thought I don't know, TC. I thought you were going to go or, with something. Or, or Jim McGrath say stays longer. Yeah. Than or even. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not being asked. Everyone knows I'm playful, so calm down. It's eight. It's eight fifteen. I'm not sure what time we go on air, but you need to be. Scouring Sky Sports Racing. No, I, I, no, I will watch it. I mean, no matter who. Got an hour on Friday at this rate. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> we we have wrapped up, guys. That was our day well, two mate. preview show. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, you're having some luck out there by the time you're listening to this and enjoying the week. And the rain has stopped. Don't forget the bet ten get ten off. I have a ten pound bet on horse racing multiples. Get a free ten pound bet on horse racing multiples. But please read the T's and C's. And over the whole week, enjoy it, but gamble responsibly. Have a good one. <laughs>